0: for the ones who get it done.
1: Welcome to the Tomahawk Take podcast. This is Alan Carpenter, co-editor of the site, along with Cedar writer Fred Owens. Hi there. And we're going to just two-man it today, I think, unless Jake shows up at some point. But we'll talk about what in the world the Braves are going to do this offseason, uh, how much they may have to spend, what in the world they're doing, recent news, and anything else going on in Major League Baseball. It's going to be a kind of a free flow of, of thoughts and ideas, and, and we're going to just wing it here and see how this thing goes. So what do you got going, Fred?
2: I don't know. Just don't hold us to anything in six months. This isn't a bet. All right. <laughs> you know, yeah, really. we <laughs> you know about Uh, well, first off, I do the MLBTR insider. And if you're not a member, please do that because it's great stuff. And they had a chat today. Um, let's talk about Ender and CRT. Uh, most of us don't think Ender's got much of a future with the Braves. Uh, he's got seven million coming this year with a 700,000, uh, Signing bonus, and then he's got a big option for next year with a couple million buyout. Will they release him? Will they? What will they do with him? And the the general information there was that somebody might want him in trade. I don't know. Uh, you know, the the idea was if you're going to sign a center fielder and you're not going to contend next year, why do you want to pay more for one center fielder than if you could get the Braves to take part of NCRT's contract and throw in a player to be named later and trade us to trade them birds nothing for basically uh, some payroll space. I don't know how that works. Alan, what do you think?
1: Well, I, this is what I've been begging the Braves to do that last year, is try to see if they could offload him and go ahead and bring up Christian Pache, because I didn't think Ender was going to hit anyway, and might as well go ahead and uh, bring up Pache, because you're going to lose nothing on defense. You're bringing up the guy who's going to be the future, and who cares if he didn't hit because he wasn't going to do anything worse than ender was anyway. So I would have done this kind of thing last year. And I think this year it's going to be much harder to do so, but I am kind of hopeful that at least in this environment, people are still looking for cheap center fielders or cheap, anything really. And if the Braves can offload his contract for maybe half of the value or something like that, they might even be able to get a decent prospect in return. Don't know who might be the guys who who would be the um, targets for, for a trade like that. There are some folks out there who don't need to worry about either a bat Or, uh, being competitive. So there, there might be a couple, uh, options there either way. But, uh, I, I think it's going to take probably half that contract to, to eat in order to, to get him moved. But I think what we've saw at the end of this, uh, end of September and into the playoffs is that, uh, he's just completely fallen out of favor with the, the on-field management. And I, I think his days are gone. It's just a matter of how they're going to be able to unload him
2: yeah i i agree with that i mean i you know i love Ender because he's a great guy i talked to him a lot when we i met him in kansas city for this vip kind of thing you go see a ball game and and stuff and he was just the nicest guy uh helpful friendly genuine talking to everybody uh uh, just just happy to be among everybody and you know it's 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 hard to see a guy like that Yeah, but Ender's not doing not doing it he hadn't done it last half of last year he didn't didn't do it this year and I know they waited till the end of the season so they wouldn't have to DFA him. So I think that that's probably, uh, this, this idea of uh, trying to package him and trade him is, is good. If you take part of his money, maybe you do get a pr- good prospect that's not Rule 5 eligible for a couple of years that can fill part of that hole in the, in the minor league. So I'd like to see that happen because I, I know Poshay's the, uh, the future in center field and, and uh, Ronnie's going to be the right fielder. I'm not sure who's going to play left alongside Duvall at this point. Uh, I just I, I want to see Andrew get a good place and a new start, and maybe have a, have some have some success somewhere because he did a lot of good things for the Braves.
1: Yeah, and I I don't mean to to mean him by any stretch of imagination. It's just and there's a point that comes in, in play where guys just can't quite. Get there anymore. Uh, we saw that with a, a guy like Michael Bourne, who was really, really good player for a long time. But then when he started to to lose his legs out from under him, uh, that sort of took everything away from him and, and he wasn't the same afterwards. So yeah, it, it happens to everybody. It's unfortunate. I, th- I think we're starting to we're starting to see that with Nick Markakis is his, his bat uh, just not quite catching up to things that he used to catch up to were spoiling pitches and, and such. So, I mean, he's another, unfortunately, candidate for, uh, for going somewhere else. Uh, he's a free agent though. so it's a different situation there. The, the Braves don't need to pick him up at all. I think they might try and re-sign him at a lower rate. I think he's still a good, Influence in the clubhouse. He would be a good bench bat if he wants to take that role. But, uh, I mean, he's in an interesting position in his career and, and his overall stats and such. And I, I think he would certainly prefer a full-time role. I'm just not sure where he's going to get it. Uh, and it's definitely not going to be with Atlanta. I, I so the, the Braves are going to need to have, uh, some additional outfielders for sure. Pache's going to almost certainly replace NCRT. Um, you're right. I don't know where we're going to get somebody to play alongside Duvall. I'm, I'm thinking platoon of some ilk. Uh, we wrote up, uh, something a couple of days ago about Adam Eaton. I don't know that he's the right answer there. Uh, for sure. Uh, Jock Peterson was another one that got written up today, I believe by, by Jake. And, uh, he, he makes more sense. Uh, I think as a platoon option with Duvall. And of course, uh, that, uh, would cement Roddy, Ronnie in right field, which is the position he needs to be in and needs to be in for, uh, probably the next dozen years or so.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, I, I think the guy that, that really fits best there is, is the one we tried to sign two years ago and didn't get was is Michael Brantley. He's, he is what everybody said Nick Markakis would be uh he yeah. is a he is a contact hitter he hits for power he hits hits pitchers on both sides although he prefers to hit you know he's best against right-handed pitchers he plays good not outstanding defense he should move to left field and and he's a free agent and you could probably get him for you know, two at 14 uh so uh, 28 over two years he's what 33 34 years old and yeah. that would be a nice bat because he has bat his bat has not slowed down uh he's still catching up and frankly you know if I wouldn't be surprised if Nick retires, Uh, and the reason I say that is he knows he didn't play well, and Nick's the kind of guy who's going to look in the mirror and say, well, guy, you you know, you went out and you gave it hell, okay, and it didn't work, (laughs) and maybe I should um, coach somewhere, you know, maybe I should be a hitting coach or a, a minor league manager or coach my kids high school or something, I don't know, I'm not pushing him to retire, I just... I don't think the Braves invite him back because I think he takes, he's breathing air. A younger, stronger player could be taking. And, uh, that's, you know, uh, that's what I feel about that. But Brantley's, Brantley and Peterson are the guys off the top of my head that, that fit that best. I'm not really on board with Eaton, uh, at all in that context. Um, but you know, there may be others out there, but those are the two that I I was thinking about.
1: Yeah. There there could be several. Um, and again, this is going to be one of those deals where, well, let, let's talk about how the offseason is going to go. I think that the the big guys, the big free agents, your Marcelo Zunas are going to get paid and they're going to get paid well by somebody and they're going to get paid you know fairly reasonably early in the process, probably by November and December. After that, after those uh, the top free agents are gone, then we're going to have like nothing. It's going to be totally dead until probably the end of January, early February, when people start saying, well, I got to sign with somebody uh, because I don't think the team's got any money, Uh whether it's the Braves or anybody else. I, I think there's going to be a lot of, well, today we saw it. Darren O'Day uh, got, got his option declined. I thought for sure with his stats, even at 38 years old, he'd get picked up because if anything, he's been getting better every year. It's, it's kind of uncanny, uh, how he's been going on, on his stats. It, he's, his strikeouts continue to rise. His ERA continues to, to, to trend downward. It, it, it's crazy how, how good he really is at this age. And I thought three and a half million bucks would be a, a relative bargain for a guy that's doing his his thing, even if it's a a role player kind of deal in as a reliever, yet the, the Braves have decided to save three million dollars, hand him his half million dollar buyout and save some money. Now, I do have a theory about why they want to do that, perhaps, and that's because they may want to save every dollar they can to see if they can sign a pitcher or two. Uh, and, and if you get starting pitchers who can go some innings, you don't necessarily need to lean on the bullpen like we've done in the past, but that's the way I think the off season is going to end up going is, is you're going to have a, an initial flurry, a big lull, and then a scramble at the end to see who's playing musical chairs and finding the the right teams to, to go with at bargain rates at, in February, at least that's, that's the expectation. I don't even remember where I was going with that. <laughs> uh, but the the idea is that uh, in, in terms of outfielders like a Brantley or uh, Jock Peterson or, well, George Springer's going to be one of those top guys that gets paid, I think. Uh, but th- those kind of guys, I, d- I don't know when they're going to get their, their paychecks. I don't know uh, that it's going to be a, an early thing. I think it's going to be a late thing. And... The race could do some bargain shopping. I think everybody's going to be trying to do bargain shopping, and I think it's going to be a big, fat mess again, almost like it was uh trying to get the 2020 season started because everybody's going to be complaining, where's the money at? And the answer is they didn't get any in 2020, and that's and that's uh, going to be a problem that's going to plague the whole industry for really probably the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, the, uh, uh, the owner of the, the Colorado Rockies sent a letter to season ticket holders today saying that essentially, uh, it's going to be a long year because nobody knows now. He said, what he said was nobody knows now how many games we're going to play, whether fans are going to be allowed in the, in the uh, ballparks. Uh, he said if we have to play at 25%, he said it's just going to be a long off season. And, and the, if you, if you play at 25% capacity, and teams getting 60% of their of their money from from gate money then you and the Braves had already lost 200 million dollars by July end of July so when you start looking at, at losses in that in that area uh, that magnitude you start to understand that you know I know these guys are millionaires they got a lot of cash no they don't they've got a lot of assets and it's not really cash and it has to be liquefied and, and that that's lost thing and all this so you know, I, I don't tell me they got they're sitting on a pot of money, reaching their pocket, throw a billion dollars out at the team. They can't do that. Uh, the the idea that is that, that there are going to be people. Cohen, if he gets the uh, nod this Friday in New York, is going to throw money at the team, and the guys who have the money to throw at the team and are willing to to do that as part of the initial thing um, are going to be able to scoop up good free agents for pennies on the dollar. I think the Braves are going to have to. Uh, look around and, and and try to you know pick up pitcher here for trade or pitcher there for trade. You know uh, you got uh, like Joe Musgrove is probably available this winter. John Gray, the Rockies uh, really want to move Gray and would probably uh, take almost uh, take take a warm body pitcher for him or a warm body prospect for him just to move the six million dollars because they're sitting on Arenado and Story's contracts and they're not going to be able to trade either one of those guys. Uh, and and you know if they're sitting at twenty five percent capacity they're in real trouble out there. So you know we nobody knows at this point how many games are going to be played or anything like that. And and when you don't know and you, the National League guys don't know whether there's going to be a DH or not. So it's hard to fill your roster. Um, one I, I saw in the chat today that uh, they don't believe that the DH will be there because there's not enough time to uh, to get an agreement between the two sides and formalize it and get it out there. Uh, and of course they'll do it tomorrow morning but but, but uh there's not real enough time for the mlb and the mlbpa to get together and agree this and get it out there for next year so uh the feeling i saw today was that they're going to uh they're going to probably do this in the next cba so that would mean that uh, ozuna has to go to the american league if he dhs and he has to play in the outfield if he stays in the national league which uh sort of brings his value down i mean if in the, to the to the National League teams and the American League teams aren't going to pay that much because you know uh, they they know the competition over there and there's only so many slots. I just think that it's going to be a really tight season. You're going to see players who have maybe are questioning in their mind about whether they're going to be able to. They they really don't. A few years ago, somebody said you know they're really players like to be done by Christmas. They want to know what they're going to do. They can tell their families what they're going to do. And if they look out there and say. I'm only going to get 50 cents on the dollar, and somebody offers them 50 cents on the dollar, they may take it. So you may see a few guys take it soon, and then the rest are going to be around fighting for the crumbs at the end of January.
1: Yeah, you're probably right on that, uh, because there are guys who are willing to jump early. Um, I don't know how many are going to be, but you, you got to be able to read the tea leaves here and, and figure out that there's just not a lot of money going around. So you might as well take what you can get, uh, right away. I and mean, that's what Travis Dardenne effectively did last year was signing with Atlanta early. Um, and, and I think the Braves were wise to, to go ahead and snap him up. You mentioned the DH. I am stunned that there hasn't already been at least a, a rumor going around about how they're going to handle this because the teams gotta know. They really need to know right away how that's gonna be handled. And the fact that we haven't even had a sniff out of the commissioner's office on that is unconscionable, cause, I mean, they're essentially saying yes, no, and yes over the next couple of years about DH in the National League, and you just can't run the, run the, business that way. Uh, you need to be able to have that so you can make your plans. P- teams are making organizational meeting d- decisions over the next month, and they've got to have that information uh, handy. So yeah, they they need to really have this uh, buttoned up as, as soon as possible. And, and I haven't heard anything about it. You mentioned stadiums. Yeah, uh, um, there's already been a few things like the Boston Marathon next April has already been canceled or at least uh, deferred till fall. So certainly up in, in Massachusetts, uh, the government is thinking that there's not going to be any way that you're going to have, a uh, control over this virus even at that point, uh, here, uh, what's it, six months away from now? So certainly baseball is not going to be able to do anything better. And I, I think that we're, we're in real trouble as an industry if you can't have some semblance of normalcy uh, building before the end of this season is this next season. Otherwise we're going to have yet another repeat of what we got now. As the animosity was building between the two sides coming around in July, I can't imagine it's going to be any better this winter trying to get together and trying to figure out how in the world to divvy up funds and how to spend whatever you got. Because, yeah, you can't just lose, as you say, $200 uh or more every single year. You just can't sustain that. And I, I don't know how in the world we're going to get around that. Uh, you I mentioned Cohen, yeah, you mentioned Cohen too, and, uh, he's the one guy that I worry about, especially since he's in the National League East, because he is going to be able to go out and, and buy a JT Real Muto. He's going to be able to go out and buy a couple of pitchers because he desperately needs pitchers. He's going to be able to go out and, and buy a Shane Green or a, or a Melanson or and name your favorite relievers because, uh, they've got real needs, and they've got some real dollars available, and he's going to throw caution to the wind. And he's trying to buy a championship. I think he might be able to, to get away with that uh, this time because I think he's in a rare opportunity of having the cash, having the desire to do it, and seeing everybody else crippled around him. So I, I uh, Washington's going to be starting a, a rebuild. They've, they've just, uh, declined options on about half their roster, it seemed like this week. The Marlins are still, uh, up and coming, but not there yet. The, the Braves are going to have to make some real hard decisions over the next, uh, couple of months. Uh, the Phillies, who knows what's going on, but they were already at the luxury tax threshold. I think they're kind of hamstrung still with what they've got, uh, already. So, uh, I, I think the Mets are poised in a, a particularly good position to To make a, a unique set of uh, decisions that that may affect their uh, roster for the next two or three years at least, that's going to uh, probably uh, be very competitive against the Atlanta Braves.
0: Yeah the
2: uh, the the, uh, the chat I was in today with Steve Adams, of MLBTR, somebody asked if. About Mark Kenaha, out of uh, whether he would be available, uh, or there would somebody who'd be interested in trading for Mark Kenaha, and he said they might not, they might just not tender him, but I don't think the DH, uh, some that well, the White Sox might want him and things like that. But with the DH coming to the National League, he doesn't think that there's time uh, for them to get it done because they haven't got it done. As you said, it, if they were going to do something, they would have done it by now. I mean the. the the idea that they can throw this thing together. Now, maybe, you know, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors, and maybe they're having unofficial conversations about this, and they know what's going to happen, but they just haven't voted on it and don't want to say it publicly yet. But, but nobody's uh,
1: leaked anything either, so
2: that's no, kind of interesting. But, well, and the, this letter from uh, Nick, uh, from uh, Dave Montfort said, there will be nothing normal about this offseason as the industry faces a new economic reality. That's the quote. And uh, that's a uh, that's a pretty sharp poke in the ribs for, for the people saying, say, look, uh, it's not going to be like it used to be. There's not going to be money to throw around. There's not going to be all big deals throwing around. Uh, it's it's going to be a completely different outfit. Uh, and, and I think that's true. I don't think anybody would imagine that. And the, the recent surges we've seen, uh, I mean, I'm in Abilene, Texas, and, and they're talking about, Hey, look, uh, we may have to mandate a few things and shut things down. And out here, that's uh, them's fighting words, you know. Uh, yeah. We we have not done that a lot, and uh, uh, but we're starting to catch the surge that everybody else had earlier. It's going to be rough, especially if the vaccine doesn't turn up. How effective is it? How soon can they get it out? Of course, first responders, healthcare providers, they're going to get it first. They should get it first because they're taking care of everybody else. But yeah. you know how. Ha- and if there's just going to be so much in this, that I I I suspect that if, if if the commissioner had any hair, he'd be pulling it out every night, wondering how he's going to do it. Uh, here's the quote on the DH: I don't see how they can do it if they don't agree to it in the very 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 near future. Three varies there. Uh, this is going <laughs> this is going to influence whether some guys cl- have club options to get picked up. Uh, Nelson Cruz prominently, but others like yes. Rosuna. Uh, any first baseman, uh, of, uh, some of the older corner infielders or outfielders, uh, I I lean towards no right now, just because there's no indication they're working on it. Teams probably don't want any extra incentive to have to pay a Cruz, Brantley, Ozuna, or Moreland, etc. And there's no indication out of the offices. Nobody's indicated that anybody's working on anything. Uh, and this I'm extemporizing here from what he said, but but that's if they're not. If there's not a rumble, like you said, there hasn't been a rumor. Usually we have heard, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, I've heard from this guy that that's going to happen. And maybe and you get that two or three times around and, you know, something's yeah. bubbling. Nobody said that. And unless Alex Anthopoulos has taken over the communications up there, uh, that kind of thing gets out. So <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, So, you know, we haven't heard that. And because these guys haven't heard it, I tend to agree with him. We're going to play without a DH next year. And that's going to mean less options for the Ozunas and Morelands and Cruises of the world and certainly lower paychecks. Uh the Right. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I just don't, you know, it's, it's going to be a rough and different kind of future. And the one team that has nobody, the one team that's losing nobody is the Rays. Yes,
1: yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you're right.
2: <laughs> Everybody on the Rays is ARB, pre-ARB, or under control. And the American League isn't...
1: Except Charlie Morton, don't yeah, Charlie,
2: uh, yeah, a, Charlie have an option on Charlie.
1: Yeah, but they're not going to ex- execute a twelve. What is a twelve million buck option?
2: I they're not going to no, do but, that. I don't know. I looked at their pay the other day, and for twenty twenty one, and I think they have with the option. Where did I have it at here? I wrote it down somewhere. Where's that piece of scrap paper? <laughs> I, I think they have something like on the order of eighty two million dollars on the books. I'm
3: and they, checking that at, now,
2: <laughs> and they have. Uh, two options to pick up Zanino and Morton, and the uh, free agent. There's no free agency party. They're going to bring back the same
1: team. They are now. They're committed to 62 million right now. But if they were to pick up Morton, that's actually 15 million apparently. Right.
2: Yeah, it's 15 for him and four percent annual.
1: So that would increase their payroll by 20 percent right there. Right. 25 percent.
2: 67, 67, 676 right now or something like that
1: so uh, yeah so I like yeah so i i I mean he really wants to be back, but I can't fathom that they'll do that,
2: well, they got the ex- they're going to get some money uh from the playoffs, not a lot, but they are going to get some money from it, uh and you know they're they're going to look at this and say, oh, man, that's close,, <laughs> and everybody else is going to be buying, and we can set bring the same guys back, and they know how to play pool, so we're going to sit around and we're going to do the same thing again. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just think, I just think the American League East is looking at at Tampa and saying, "Man, they got everybody coming back. We got problem.
1: Yeah, I, I, if I were looking at if I were running the Rays, that's the way I'd look at it. I just don't know that they're going to look at it that way because they never have. Uh, I mean, I think Zunino's gone. I think Morton's gone. Who's and they'll, they'll find somebody. <laughs> they always do.
2: Tyler Flowers. Uh, I <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, they're going to look at it as he's not that critical a piece, uh, for four and a half million bucks or whatever it is. I think, yeah, that's what his option is. I mean, if they're going to pay anybody, it'll be him, but I mean, at four and a half million, he's still the one, two, three, fourth highest paid guy on the team, uh, tied with Tyler Glasnow. So, I mean, does a catcher Gardner that kind of money in, in Tampa? I don't know that he does. Uh, Morton would easily be number one at $15 million, which is why I don't think he's coming back. So,
2: All points I well mean, taken. Dis- I agree.
1: Now, at this point, I'm going to stop and interject that now that we have the news, Tampa Bay, in fact, did decline the options on both Charlie Morton and Mike Zunino. Go figure. I think the hope is that they can re-sign them both at a lower rates, but they're now free agents, so they've got the chance to go out and find their own deals. But we'll take a break right here and then come back and talk about the base more specifically. Now that does dovetail into... Where the Braves budget situation is and what they might have to spend because they were just about maxed out. They were just, they are going to be just under the competitive balance tax, uh, luxury tax threshold, uh, if things had gone normally this year. But you had worked up some numbers already on, on what the Braves are looking at at this point.
2: I have them right now. Uh, okay. Here's first of all, let's say that I think they're going to non-tender Charlie Culberson because that's what they did last year. And uh, even though he's ARB3, I think they're going to non-tender him and say, hang around, Charlie, we may need you, because that's what they did. I also think they 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 may non-tender Luke Jackson. Now, I have still counted him in this, but Luke is certainly a non-tender candidate at, at, at a couple million dollars there. But uh, with Jackson on the roster and the arbitration numbers that I've from and Spotrack and guessed for Sean Newcomb, because I can't see how he doesn't get... Uh, Arb one this year i have us at about 93 million dollars on for the first 16 players on the in the roster and everybody after that is pre-arb so you know you've got uh, what 12 guys at a half a million roughly that eight. you got like 7 million 8 million dollars there so you're talking about 111 million dollars total i tell you, I said on espn's coastal the other day i thought 130 is probably the top on this so you know uh and that's you know optimistic. <laughs> I don't know what you think, Al. I think that's optimistic.
1: Well, I think it may be optimistic, and it really doesn't leave a lot of room for for adding starting pitching, which is what we desperately need. So I don't know. You, Charlie Morton, uh, John Gray, John Lester, Corey Kluber—you can name these big names, but you got to pay them too if you want to go at them. And I don't know how how the Braves are going to be able to afford that, and maybe another guy because I I think they need two. Well, I, John,
2: John Gray could probably he makes about six and a half this next year, I think. Um you know, and if you moved in there, you might be able to slide that in there. I don't know. But okay. yeah, there are there are it's gonna be a it's gonna be that kind of that kind of calculus where you say, Okay, if I slide this guy sideways here, I can wedge this guy into the list and still come in. Where we don't have to go on the corner with our begging bowl.
1: Yeah, the 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 big takeaway here though is this: just because we're losing Mark Melanson's fourteen million, just because we're losing Cole Hamill's eighteen million, just because we're losing Marcelo Zuna's eighteen million, does not mean that the team's going to have another fifty million to spend. They don't have that money; it doesn't exist, and that's that's the gotcha here. So, at this point, I'm going to say hello, Jake. (laughs) <laughs> hey because because jake has just joined us on the call and we're in the midst of trying to figure out what in the world the Braves are doing <laughs> and and what they could possibly do and wanted we'll to see uh see what jake's been doing and and see what what's up with that
3: yeah so sorry uh late to the call but obviously wanted to jump in here as we haven't spoken in a couple of weeks and now that i've gotten over the uh taste of defeat i'm ready to talk a little baseball again and glad to catch the tail end of Fred's comments there because I have no idea what the Braves are going to have to spend this off season. And I would be very happy if they they get 230 again, um, which I know even Fred said is optimistic, but I think that's kind of a good um, baseline to kind of shoot for and, and guess and, and estimate. But, you know, just in terms of knowing how much these guys are going to get this off season, like I wrote an art- article on Jock Peterson you know, today, cause I just think he makes a lot of sense, but I don't know what kind of deal he, he would be looking to get or what the Braves would look to offer him. And you know, I'm, uh, I think it's just a dangerous game to try to speculate on what each free agent's going to cost. Cause I think this market's going to be a lot different than what we're used to seeing. Maybe not. Maybe everything stays the same. I think a lot's going to be dependent obviously on whether or not we have the DH again mm-hmm. or um what attendance is going to look like for teams next year. Are there's still going to be, you know, a limited capacity to start the season or maybe the entire season next year they might have limited capacity and, or they might start the season with, with no fans in attendance. I think that has a lot to do with the decision making of, of how teams are going to approach this off season, but uh, certainly going to be a different one, a strange one and one that I think the Braves will be, you know, highly active in. Um, you know, I heard you guys talking about, you know, needing starting pitching, you know, and Alan, I kind of agree with you. I think they probably need at least two, you know, we went into this season, the 2020 season, thinking we had a list of 10 guys to choose from. And a month into the season, we were just hoping for one or two. Um, so you can never have enough, you know, starting pitching. And uh, I think they'll, you know, do a, do a good job or Alex will do a good job of, of bringing in some some good candidates uh to help fill out that rotation, Uh but it'll be an interesting off season again. I think I think the Braves will be very active. They should be very active. They they should be very hungry. They were one win away from going to the World Series, and you know seeing the Dodgers win it, I think that was would have been a very winnable series for the Braves, which just makes the pain come back again. But stop you that, know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I, hopefully it makes them even more hungry this off season to go out there and. And put a winning team together again and one that can get the job done.
1: Well, that's the gotcha is that we were so close, yet now everything seems to be pointing towards so far, no DH, no fans in the stands or minimal fans in the stands, which is going to make these teams just really uncertain and wary of, of signing anybody to any of any significance uh, of, of a contract or, or any kind of players that you would think would be the kind of impact players that the Braves would need. And, you know, we, we've got the, you know, we'd love to have Marcelo Zuna back. How can you possibly sign that guy when you have no idea what he's going to do in, in a role for the team? The answer can't be DH. If you don't know, you've got a DH and that's just not only for this year, but it's also after the collective bargaining agreement, you can assume that that's going to be the case, but, you could also be wrong. And if you want to even go out and get a trade done, say a JD Martinez, for instance, out of Boston, just to pick a name. If you try and do that kind of thing, you can't tell me that you can put him in the outfield if you don't have a DH slot. So no matter who you are, no matter what team you're on, no matter where, where you're at, you're, you're hamstrung without that kind of information. Like say, it's not just. The, uh, the position issues, it's, it's going to be the pricing issues because you don't know how much money you're going to have to spend. You don't know where it's going to come from. And I think that, that baseball is going to have a collective, uh, gut check, uh, this winter because that's going to be the problem. You, you can't have your organizational meetings come, come up in the next month and, and say, here's what we want to do when you have no idea what you can do. And that's going to be the gotcha.
3: And that's been my whole problem with the DH thing in the first place is you got to give team nationally teams in advance because decisions that they make now are going to affect, you know, the future, obviously, you know, say they don't have the DH in 2020 or 2021, but then it comes up again in the collective bargaining agreement after next season and then it's put into place. Well, you know, that's going to affect what the Raves do this offseason or what a lot of teams decide to do with players like. Ozuna. You know, if they knew it was coming in 2022 season, then maybe they signed that player. You know, but if they don't know that, you know, you kind of have to give, if you're going to put the DH into place, and I understand why they did it for the 2020 season, I almost feel like you have to give national League teams a couple years notice to, to, if you're going to do that, just because it's, it's going to impact the decisions that, that they make. And I I think it's kind of ridiculous to take it out for twenty twenty one because it's almost certainly going to be in uh in place when they have the new C B A. So uh, I think it's kind of ridiculous not to have the DH this year, but that's gonna that's gonna have a huge impact on Marcelo Zuna's market. Yeah, in yeah. In fact, you, it, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, yeah, I
2: was, was gonna say, uh, <laughs> say we talked about we talked about that just before you joined it. That- <clears throat> the feeling uh, that I got today in the MLBTR chat was that uh, he, they, they haven't heard even a whisper that that's being discussed. And we are so close to the, as you said, we're so close to the point, uh, decision point here. Uh, players are going to be optioned or or released or, or signed based upon what they think next year is going to be. And they haven't got an agreement with the N- MLBPA, and those things take time. Uh, now, the MLBPK said, sure, go ahead, uh, but, you know, what's the chance of that? There are ways to do things out there, but it's going to be a rough offseason for that. Uh, on Jock, I think you get Jock for, you know, 2 at 10. Uh, I don't think there are maybe 3 at 10. Uh, he's a straight platoon player during the season, but in the playoffs, man, you want Jock in, in your roster because he kills it in the playoffs. So, you know, he's a great platoon partner pretty well. Uh, 2 or 3 at 10 maybe would get Jock. And Brantley, we talked about learning two or two at fourteen. We'll probably get Brantley, but I, I we can't know. You know, if you're going to do that, you have got to shuffle money around. So, are you going to trade some of your some of your pitching depth to player, or your prospect depth to get players that aren't expensive now that you'll have control of for a couple of three years? Like, you know, I don't know uh, Jose Ramirez from from Cleveland. Maybe the Cleveland wants to punch out, clear out its its thing and get some prospect, maybe they'll trade Remaris or, or maybe you'll you could get you'll get a player from the maybe the Dodgers want to trade somebody and bring in Lindor or somebody like that. And you pick up a player like that that's not cost much but gives them space too. But it's just gonna be a rough off season. And anybody expecting uh, a team to go out that's not, not the Mets, uh, the Dodgers, uh Giants uh, and you know, maybe you no, know, I think that's about it. There's about three teams out there that could go out and throw a lot of money out there and 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 not worry about it and uh if if you're not those three teams, then you're looking the way of getting away cheap, and that's what we talked about earlier fifty cents on the dollar
1: one one thing that I was thinking is that if you are major league baseball and the teams then and you want to try and continue to sort of put downward pressure on salaries. Wouldn't you want to not have a DH in the National League? I mean, that would certainly uh, reduce the market, like we say, of Ozuda and a couple other guys. And when you reduce the market, you reduce the salaries. It, It sounds collusionatory. It sounds like, a, if that's a word, it sounds like a collusion kind of a idea. It is now, <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it certainly makes sense if that's what you're trying to accomplish. You're not going to sign guys that you can get later in, in, in late January or February to these midland contracts. I think you're going to get the stars signed in December only, and everybody else is going to have to wait because we're get, the later you. You you could certainly say that the later you wait, the better information you're going to have about how much money you're going to get. And that may be the answer for for a lot of these clubs is that they're going to have to wait and see, and that'll make players wait and see. And I think it's going to be a big, fat mess come the end of January when you've got a 100 free agents still out there on the market that are very viable and still unemployed
3: what's gonna be interesting is you know the last two off season Alex has been very aggressive out of the gate and then quiet and then kind of just waited to see how the dust settles you know I wonder how he's going to approach this off season you know with us not really having a clear picture you know of what everything's gonna look like if maybe he goes out and aggressive early and and tries to to steal a couple guys you know maybe on some cheap deals because you got to think of the player side of this too they don't know what this free agency is going to look like maybe they're worried about you know getting left behind if they wait too long so you may have players that are that are eager to sign Uh, maybe Alex is able to go out there and and get a couple deals early and get them done Um, so uh, you know I'm curious to see you know just how aggressive he will be this offseason you know just considering the fact that he's been pretty aggressive out of the gate the last two two offseasons.
1: Yeah, he's been doing primarily free agents and and not so much trades, but I do wonder if this situation, this new uh normal may open up the trade market a little bit more. Uh if you can find these cheap controllable guys, John Gray, you mentioned uh Fred for for instance uh as a as a key one there. If maybe you might push a little bit more to get trades done. And then you don't have to go off and and try and uh, outbid somebody to to get somebody's services because I don't think anybody really wants to spend the money, and if you can get somebody on the cheap that way, that that might be the way to go.
3: Yeah,
2: I think the trade market is there, and I again the the value of pre arb players just went through the roof. Okay, so you've got a pre arb player there, you've got a. Uh, 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 you know, an Ian Anderson or or a Kyle Wright, or so. I mean, those guys are pre-arb. They're out there. They're under control. Uh, they've they've shown they can do it. They made those guys are worth uh, their weight in gold, literally. Uh, and uh, so you you go out and you look at places uh, that need those and have contracts. They want to move. uh we're we're not talking about Yankees and people like that. But if you you look at you know the Cleveland Indians of the of the group, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the places that uh, they're trying to pair play. No, yeah, pair payroll? Boy, I almost tripped over that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but places that are trying to pair pay- pay- payroll. You might pick up, uh, I checked on, uh, I don't know why Jose Ramirez came in mind, but he did. It, it, Jose Ramirez is owed, owed 9 million next year, 11 and 13 for, with, with an, an option years. Uh, and that's a pretty good ball player for that kind of money. And so do you, do you, and you need a bat and Jose's definitely a bat. So do you go out and, and, Swing a couple of prospects there, and take that uh, take that three years of guarantee, and hope by the end of 2023 that things have evened out, and you've got money there. Or do you sit tight and say, well, uh, we'll let's just wait and see what things happen, and we'll play it by ear, and we'll look at it this time next year. I mean, that's the decision that's made uh, based upon uh, how much debt they're willing to take on to run next year. Because if they are running at twenty five percent capacity or thirty percent capacity in the in the, uh, in the stands <clears throat> next year, and and if the season is not one hundred and sixty two games, then at some point along the line, uh, these the, these this economic uh, crunch begins to bite really really hard on the teams that are barely making it now, and that becomes a problem.
1: And I think that's why we saw today Cleveland. Uh, is setting up uh, Brad Hand and uh, and telling everybody who might be interested that he's available for for nothing because uh, they've they've uh, they've DFA'd him. Uh, they've they've set him up for uh, they for put a him on a free... right waivers. They DFA him. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I knew that wasn't right, but I couldn't think of the term. <laughs> In any case, they're trying to they're they're essentially telling the world we're dumping payroll. So I think anybody who's on their squad is available in that way, and I think you're going to see other teams do the same kind of thing. Cleveland's just getting out ahead of it and trying to see if they can make the best of it early, and I think that's a, a wise move on their part. You may see a, a bunch of deals that are based solely on on the dollars here, and you're probably right. These uh, pre-arb guys are going to going to be a key part of that. So. Um, Jake, you got anything else? Uh, we're about ready to wrap up here. I, I I don't know if we got anything that you wanted to <laughs> uh, uh, talk about, but uh feel free to jump right in with whatever you got here to to finish us off.
3: No, I'll just I'll say you know I've written a lot of this and post on you know Tomahawk Take website and stuff, just kind of reviewing you know the season. You know I think it's a great accomplishment what the Braves did in 2020. You know despite everything that they had going on, especially, you know, with the injuries, specifically to Mike Soroka. You know, obviously it's hard to reflect on the postseason and not think about, you know, how it may have been different with him in there or, or the healthy Cole Hamels, and that's just that's a tough road to go down. But I, I really, you know, uh, I'm really proud of what the Braves did. Um I'll say, you know, going forward in this off season, looking at, you know, the things where I want to see them improve, you know, it's hard to argue with an offense that was electrifying as this offense was, but I still have a hard time believing that type of offense is going to succeed in the postseason, this kind of, um you know, wait for the three-run homer kind of mentality. I would like to see them change that philosophy a little bit or at least add a couple bats to the lineup that have that, that mentality. You know, it was just so obvious seeing – the Dodgers hitters and the way they just were patient at the plate, waited for their pitch, fouled off tough pitches. You know, the, the game seven's a perfect example of those, that Kiki Hernandez at bat and the Cody Bellinger at bat. They fouled off touch, tough pitches. They were deep at bats. They got a mistake and they didn't miss it. We just don't have enough of that in the Braves lineup, in, in my opinion, even with Ozuna. Um, you know, I think you have Freddie that does that and, and that's about it. Ozzy's going up there. He's, he's looking to, to hunt. He's, he's trying to swing. You know, even Ronnie is like that. Ronnie did a lot better this year of working and getting back into counts. Um, but, but he's still, you know, not a, he's, he's still a pretty aggressive hitter. I, I just would like to see them approach that a little differently. You know, that's why I really like the, the Michael Brantley idea, um, because I think he's, He's a professional hitter, and I hate to say that because that's what everybody says Nick Markagas is, but I think he's even more of a professional hitter, a better better professional hitter. He's going to give you a good at-bat, and I just don't think the Braves had enough of that up and down their lineup. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that's the one thing I would like to see them focus on more this offseason off season, is getting those types of hitters. I actually feel really good about the starting rotation you know, with Soroka, Freed, Anderson, Wright, maybe even Bryce Wilson now gets a, another crack at it. Um, you know, I, I think there's some good depth there, but uh, still would like to see them get a veteran guy or two uh, to kind of fill it out um, and help give you some insurance. And the bullpen, I think, will be really good. Again, obviously, you know, losing Melanson and, and Green, those are two uh, really big pieces of that bullpen. I feel like the Braves will bring at least one of them back, if not both. So I think they'll still have a very good bullpen. So, you know, I'm really, I don't think there's a ton the Braves need to do this offseason, but there are definite, uh, holes that, that need to be filled. You know, specifically, I think they need to find a, a left-handed bat. You know, Freddie Freeman was the only lefty bat we could really depend on, uh, this year um sorry to the Marquez lovers out there but uh he was really the only lefty bat we had i think that's got to be a priority uh and then just you know like i said finding those types of hitters that are are going to give you a professional bat cuz i think that's what really plays in the postseason. um you know but that's just kind of my takeaway of the season and how i kind of view the the off season coming up for the Braves which again i'm really excited about cuz i think I think Antopolis is going to be pretty active again, being so close. Um, I, I think it just motivates them even more.
1: Gee, Michael Brantley is a left-handed hitter. Hmm. Yeah, okay. What about that? <laughs> Fred, you got anything else?
3: Well, I,
2: you know, I think that if, if, if we had told you at the start of the season that the Braves were going to take the LCS to game seven mm. and get beat on a base running mistake, we'd have all been jumping up and down and said, yeah, we'll buy that. We'll buy that, even with Saro Yeah, we'll buy that because that's you know that's a hell of a job. The uh, the the, those guys uh, they they pulled a lot of it out of their billfold at the last minute and and you know Jake, I agree with you 100%. The the lineup is too inconsistent in the lower third particularly, but uh, throughout they just don't do enough smart at bats. Okay, and and a lot of them are young players, and I understand that, but. Uh, You know, you're right. Uh, uh, a Michael Brantley in the lineup would be a lot better because, as I said this earlier, and all the Markekis people are already sending me hate mail, I'm sure, Uh Michael Brantley is what Markekis was supposed to be. Okay, he's a power bat. He's a good dead, a hitter. He hits both pitches from both sides of the plate. although he prefers right-handers, hitting against right-handers. And he's there every day, and he's consistent and steady and does his job. Um He's getting older, too. He's probably a left fielder now. But Brantley is the guy, or you know, uh, or Jock uh, Peterson. He's that guy too for left hand side. He's going to kill right handed pitching. Um, but they need to strengthen that. The question is, okay, do you do you do you think that really do you really think that Austin Riley is going to be the guy, uh, or do you trust sell high on him as a prospect and bring in somebody else? Do you do you keep Bryce Wilson because he had that great pick that great game in the in the in the uh, LCS, uh, or do you say, hey, uh, everybody likes him now? He's got really a lot of value, and I'm not sure he's anything but a bullpen piece. Let's trade him. Uh, there's a lot of this going on uh, behind the scenes, uh, and I think that that's the way. Okay, I'll put it this way. I'm not putting it on anybody. Else. If I was doing it, that's what I would look to do. I would look to find people who I had two or three years <clears throat> of control that are the, the kind of players that Jake talked about, that come in the lineup, they give you good at-bats, They don't give up. They don't give up. Uh, they can, they can fight pitchers all the way through. If you put two more of those guys in the lineup, that makes everybody else better in the lineup. Uh, Darno cannot be the cleanup hitter because catchers wear out too quickly in the season. He needs to hit fifth or sixth, uh, in the lineup and we need to have a cleanup hitter in the cleanup spot so that Darno doesn't have to try to get out of that gear and do this every game, every game, every game. He was wearing down towards the end of the year. But, you know, absolutely right. The Braves should be Tremendously proud of those young players, <clears throat> of the leadership that they had on the field. Um, they did everything nearly right, and uh, they gave the Dodgers everything that the Dodgers wanted to see and more. Uh, Davy Roberts doesn't want to see the Braves again next week, okay? Because he, he would not like that matchup. So uh, the, these guys, you need to be proud of this team. This team did a awfully, awfully lot, awful good, awful lot of good things this year, <clears throat> and they're going to do more in the future. But they need some help.
1: Yep. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this uh, session. We're going to just have to sit back and watch with the rest of you all to see what in the world the Braves are going to do. Maybe Freddie Freeman will go to Anthopolis and say, hey, I'd like to pull a Chipper Jones and uh, reduce my contract so you can buy some players this uh, this offseason. That'd be good. Uh, but uh, as short of that, uh, we're going to all uh, – just sort of pray that Liberty Media gives them some uh, rope to be able to, to hang themselves with this off season. But uh, other than that, we will uh, talk to you next time, and, and we'll learn what happens together. So thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to the Tomahawk Take Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you next time. This, the 34th episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast on the blueprints for a Spartan spending off season. Has been a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are those of the participants alone. Minute Media disavows all of them. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses, slash buy, slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Batty McFadden. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used come via rights purchased by tomahawktake.com. Thanks for putting up with us today, and we hope and pray that you pick up our options for the next episode. See you next inning.